Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hello, Lewis. Hello, Daniel. Uh, pre-show stuff to talk about. I guess mm. I guess the uh, the first thing is I'm um, not recording in the studio at FBI with everybody else. I'm in the toilet. <laughs> as, is, as is tradition, as... Um, <laughs> The contract we signed is that all podcasts must have one microphone that doesn't work, and we intend to obey that contract. And that microphone is the host microphone. Correct. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, um, huge congratulations to Scott Morrison, obviously. Oh, yeah. Um, we all voted for him and very thrilled to have got the result we all hoped for. Yeah, and a big congratulations to Tony Martin's Sizzletown that took out ah. the Best Comedy Award at the Australian Podcast Festival on the weekend. Mm-hmm. I tried to get up and accept it on his behalf, um, and they're like... It's nearly, isn't it? Nearly him. <laughs> and two things you should know about before we kick off the show tonight. First of all, we do have our Brisbane Climate Change Conference uh, show on June 6th in Brisbane and also our Adelaide Cabaret Festival show uh, that is on the 20th and 21st in Adelaide. So go see them. Mm. My God, the Brisbane lineup. I mean, the Adelaide one's great too if you're in Adelaide. But whole, oh, jeez, Louise, that Brisbane lineup. That Brisbane lineup is is the only is the lineup corporate money can pay for. It's wild. <laughs> <laughs> so come along, that'll be great. All right, let's start the show. A rational fear contains naughty words like Brexit, Canberra, fair gum, and Section Forty. A rational fear recommends listening by immature audiences. Tonight, the Labour Party rallies around Anthony Albanese after deciding the best way to discard the brand that Labour is just a party of lefty inner-city suburbanites is to elect a leader from a lefty inner-city suburb. And after Prime Minister Theresa May announces there could be a second Brexit referendum, commodity prices for dairy products soar. And Tony Abbott suddenly believes in climate change after being forced to suck his own fart. This is Irrational Fear. Like your 
Hello, welcome to Irrational Fear, the podcast that tells you what you should be scared of. And we're joined by more fear mongers than the Australia United Party has. Ads first, and always, for some reason, it's the GM of G-Wiz from G-Long, it's Lewis Hover. <laughs> That's your best one yet. Oh, thank you so much. I, I put some effort into this yeah, one. Yeah, I could tell. It wasn't just like some weird thing about my face. That's nice. <laughs> and when he's not putting war criminals away for heinous crimes, he's committing treason on the national broadcaster. He's a writer for Sammy J's Countdown to Glory. It's James Pender. Hello. Hello, Daniel. <laughs> Hello, James. How are you? Me? I'm, well, I'm fine, but, you know, doing no, a podcast. So, yeah, you know, no jokes to, about my face either. I don't want to go into it, you, you fat-faced, <laughs> funny fed. We got that. <laughs> oh, good. Hey, it's and, all going to be like this if you're listening for the first time. <laughs> and when our next fearmonger isn't winning prestigious comedy awards, like Royal Comedy, she's advocating for Ibises. It's Beck Rose. Very important stuff. Thanks for having me, Dan. Oh, It's great to have us uh, all in one room. Uh, how do you guys feel after the election? Um, how do you feel, Lewis? Overjoyed. Overjoyed. <laughs> uh, as a member of the public broadcaster, nothing could make me happier than the email I got on Monday. Um, more cuts. It's good. Everywhere you walk now in the building, I mean, you're looking around going, you or me, I ha- you or me. I spent some time in the National Broadcaster today and mm. I was looking around thinking what you could cut and I was thinking maybe the water or electricity. Yeah. I mean, get rid of those. Those are big ticket items you could lose. There's like 1,300 people in that building and they all use water. Yeah, that's true. If we stop drinking and pissing, we could probably put on one extra episode of Play School a year. How did you to feel about the election? Um, well, coming off two weeks writing a satirical show about a government coach <laughs> leading the team to victory, um, yeah, well, you can imagine the just absolute elation when we got over the line, finally. Uh, but as an ABC uh, comedy writer, yeah, I'm completely balanced and will not display any emotion other than having woken up on Sunday morning and literally crying to my wife uh, and wishing I could go back to sleep. And back. Oh, it was a pretty grim week. We we lost Hawkey, we lost the election, full moon in Scorpio. It's just been a tough one. That's Gemini fun. season. That's yeah. the that's why. I mean, Labor so played this game really hard. They even made Bob Hawke die so mm. they could lift sentiment. Yeah. What a strategy. You wonder whether they should have kept the gunpowder dry, you know, in that sense. Or as Labor Jesus, if he should have just re- resurrected three days well, later. There's still time, maybe, yeah. It's only oh, well well, we all know that Goff said it's time. Yes. But it clearly wasn't the right time. <laughs> All right, well, um, I thought we would play a new game here on, hmm. um, on Irrational Fear. It's a new game, a totally original game that I've thought of by myself while I was listening to other podcasts. <laughs> it's called Hang On A Sec. I'm going to play you two clips and uh, what I want you to do is yell out, hang on a sec, when you've got a joke for something. Beautiful. Sounds good. Okay, so the first clip, I don't know if you caught any election coverage other than ABC. I, my, the party I went to had an ABC television on. Actually, no, we, Lewis and I, we were at the Australian Podcast Awards. Yeah, nominated. Best comedy. Congratulations, <laughs> Rational Fear. And well, obviously the- also to Tony Martin, Sizzletown, a <laughs> superior podcast. And thank you all for listening and, and voting for us as well. But it was such a weird night. Throughout the night, they mentioned stuff that was happening at, during the election. First of all, they mentioned that Tony Abbott lost his seat and there was a slight cheer in the room. Yeah, I think it's safe to say that the Australian podcasting community will not miss Tony Abbott. (laughs) But it was really interesting to see how everybody was on their phones, like blatantly on their phones, checking Twitter and checking the results. And uh, uh, one lady tried to get up and say, well, you know, tonight it's so weird to get up here and know that I can see every one of your faces 
um, you know what I mean. And like, and everyone in the room collectively went, oh, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> it's Don't try this night. passive aggressive shit on us. It's election night. There uh, may be something more important going on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. So uh, I don't know if you caught this, but this is a clip from Channel 9's election coverage. There are many different ways to show that a uh, candidate has lost the election, but they've chosen to use a bish boot. A, a shoe, a, 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 a augmented reality graphic of Julie Bishop's shoe to kick candidates out of their seat. So if you want to say anything, just say, hang on a sec. Sure, we've drawn a practice? Hang on a sec? Hang on a sec? Hang on a sec. Yeah, great, here we go. All right. Here it comes. Here it is. <laughs> the big moment. I think that's familiar to Julie Bishop. We've modelled this on the very famous political shoe, Julie, that you wore when you announced your resignation from Cabinet. What's, what's yes, in the shoe? Because they've got obviously her famous red shoes, which iconic. Mm. I can't. It's hard for me to see. Is there? It's at least three times the full ABC budget. Played <laughs> yeah. on that. And if um, you know, if you're in the Liberal Party and you're thinking we don't have a problem with uh, women, I think this, this speaks for itself. Uh, in taking the one thing that Julie Bishop's done, apart from 27 years in Parliament, <laughs> it's a gigantic RoboCop esque shoe. It looks like uh, uh, it looks like a prosthetic limb that is coming down yeah, from the it's sky. Like when you see those things in like IKEA testing, and they've got robot things sitting on a chair at 10,000 times a minute. It's like that inside a shoe. And this shoe ha- also has like a star on the side. I mean, I don't, can't ever remember Julie Bishop's shoes ever having stars on the she side. She looks pretty horrified. I don't think she's picked that shoe. <laughs> it's got a sort of, it's a Marvel superhero touch, that's, that star. All right, here you go. Very famous political shoe, Julie, that you wore when you announced your... Is it the most famous? Hang on a second. (laughs) Is that the most famous political shoe? I would say top two with the one that got thrown at George Bush. Uh, that is a good show. That was a great that show. Was, there that was one be. thrown at John Howard in Q&A. That was a thought, maybe. Well, I, I retract that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. It was, an, it was in honour of the Bush shoe, I think. Yes. But I, was that a pirate shoe because that really copied the George Bush shoe? Yeah, I think yeah. it was a homage. It wasn't an original. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> they really should have picked a boat shoe, let's be honest. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I remember that pair of shoes very well. It's my functional work boot. Hang on a sec. So it's just so sad, like seeing someone so eminent having to just play along with Channel 9's, the producer of What's That Name That Celebrity or something has got into this show and sort of given them the bum steer, I think. I feel like all the sacked producers from the footy show were yeah. given this job to, <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. to look after the election coverage. In a second, all the men are going to come out in a dress and do a dance. A little more stylish than perhaps some work boots, but nevertheless, it's the ruby red slipper. You know, Toto, I have a feeling we're not in Kansas mm. anymore. <laughs> Wizard of Oz. Yes, well, I think that that's going to be put to good use. Well, it certainly was at that press conference, you it might was. recall. The one and only time you wore those shoes, in fact. The one and only time. They are now in the Museum of Democracy in Canberra. Whoa, hang on a second. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> we have a Museum of Democracy? Yeah, there is a Museum of Democracy in Canberra. It sits in Old Parliament House where you can go and see Julie Bishop's red shoes. Oh, my wow. goodness. I can't wait to take my grandchildren when uh, democracy's no longer a thing. This <laughs> 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 is like right next to the Museum of Trees and Reefs. <laughs> and truth. They've got a brand new exhibi- exhibit opening next week. It's called Bill Shorten. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> He's just in a box. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, well, they should embalm Porky and put him in there, sort of Ho Chi Minh style, so we can all walk past and oh, gently oh, kiss the oh, I'd do it. Yeah. 
Uh, I reckon they should get uh, Paul Keating to go in there and you get a free insult. (laughs) (laughs) Hell yeah. Paul Keating sits in the Museum of Democracy, you pay 20 bucks and he'll insult you for 15 minutes. He could be like one of those things in a shopping centre, the claw that gets you like a soft bunny. You put in 20 cents and he says, I'll do you slowly. (laughs) I donated them at their request. At Old Parliament House? At Old Parliament House. I think it's quite appropriate that we should have a female stiletto as the... Um, the kicker this year. Oh, hang on a sec. Let's just uh, come to grips here. A shoe doesn't have a gender. Okay, good. Absolutely not. I, well, Anyone can wear stilettos. I'm to really... be honest, they're not, they're not really good for work, are they? <laughs> no. I'm really curious to know where she's going to go with this sentence, though, because why is it appropriate? Do you know there are 72 electorates that have never had a female member? So let's see if we can do something about that this evening. All right, well, let's give it a bit of a test, shall we? Hang on a sec. The fake smile she gave after, uh, after <laughs> that comment was notable. I'd also just like to say that it's 14 minutes till the close of polls in this clip, and it's still got nine Galaxy Poll Predicts Labor win up the top, which is <laughs> A bit too soon for me to be reading that. Also, I wonder if, like, it would be so great to chat to her now. Like, this was a lot of fun for her. At this point, she was thinking that. Like, everyone was thinking that. She's like, I'm a rat from a sinking ship, and I can't wait to see this ship She's going to put the bish boot in, so to speak. Whereas now... She's a rat from a ship that didn't sink. Yeah. She's just a rat. <laughs> She's just jumped off the ship and it's kept sailing on. Yeah, the rat's going, oh, oh there go all my rat friends. Oh. That's where all the food is. Oh, no. <laughs> if only I hadn't mocked them with my shoes. <laughs> That's remarkable. Let's give it a run through and see how, what will we call it tonight? The, the bish boot? Is that what we're calling it? <laughs> yeah, that'll do. Hang on a sec. What are we going to call I love that she's, that's like, you know when improv people already have a joke? And they go, huh, what are we going to call it? <laughs> like, producers Imagine have told if. you what they're going to... Yeah. Yes, and the Bish Boot. Like, obviously, she been, planned it yeah, as oh. being called the Bish Boot for or, a long or time. The, well, they had to put weeks of work into designing exactly. it. Exactly. And, and liaise with her to make sure it happens. And then they will... They will this is very much off-the-cuff comment. Let's hey, see. One more thing. Well, <laughs> Roscoe, you're, you're out. Well you. Well you. Why was Crash Test Why was Crash Test W? So give us a countdown. Hang on a sec. So meanwhile on the ABC, everybody's just lamenting the... The liberal victory, I think, at this point, they're all, they're all in party mode. <laughs> <laughs> the the ABC also had pretty amazing augmented reality graphics, but they were all very technical mm. and kind of all about numbers and stuff like that. Nothing as fun as this. No. But it was pretty phenomenal to see those graphics in play. I'd never seen that kind of stuff before. Next election, obviously, with the budget cuts, it's just going to be um, Big Ted with a sock puppet <laughs> just being like... <laughs> No one left. This is all we have. They giggle and hoot, floating around, going, "Oh well." Jimmy Giggles gonna be hosting it. The only thing left on the station. When they talk about growing the pie, Annabelle Crab actually has to go and make a pie. Well, they just dack the person who doesn't get in. Can I say that thing? That thing looks like it's gonna hurt. I promise I'll be gentle, but let's go. Three, two, one. He's gone. Hang on a sec. She enjoyed that. So she. She kicked Ross Greenwood. <laughs> yeah. So that was a test kick. That was a test kick. That was right. to introduce the Bish boot. Yeah. Do you want get... to get people on board early? You don't want you don't want to surprise people with the Bish boot. Also, just like as if it wasn't clear what the purpose of the Bish boot was, <laughs> we'll just walk you through it by kicking one of the panel medals members off. Advocating violence here on yeah. Channel Nine. Well, how, does Ross Greenwood react? Let's have a look at Ross Greenwood's reaction. <laughs> Is there anyone you would have actually really liked to kick, Julie, that we could have put in there? Yes. Hang on a sec. <laughs> Say Tony Abbott. <laughs> no, she just says yes oh, and then, and then just pause. nods and then Ultimate and then everybody out. waits for, you know, hilarious <laughs> silence because that's funny, you know. It actually was funny. 
She didn't say anything. She mm. just said yes. She offering... did get to use it on Tony Abbott though later. How did you have you seen the part of the coverage where they used the oh. bish boot on Tony Abbott? Oh, Tony Abbott got bish booted. Tony Abbott got bish booted, and they're all life. obviously. Is she, is she just loving it? She <laughs> is in heaven. Yeah. Really? Oh, uh, it is. If you, it, it's like if you want to watch porn with clothes on, watch <laughs> the happy expression of Julie Bishop when she gets to boot Tony Abbott with her own oh. red slipper. There we go. Oh, the man. bish boot. There we go. Shoe cowies are my new favourite thing. <laughs> Irrational fear. You have no idea how this grieves me to do this. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, that felt good, didn't it, Julie? <laughs> now, many people are lamenting the use of polls this election. How can the polls get it so wrong, you know, after Liberals losing 55,000 polls in a row? Is that what they lost? <laughs> um, but that was, you know, two-party preferred. But then, of course, Australia kind of does love a bit of a presidential election. And when it came to preferred leader, Bill Short never won a poll. He never won a poll as preferred leader. No, it was very funny, like, all of the hot takes the day after where everyone was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That we really... didn't like him, did we? <laughs> really we unpop- did. <laughs> really unpopular guy didn't win. What a oh, shock. We forgot about that. We ran the nerd in the class election and we didn't win. We were like, hell, we lost it. He lost to that, like... Sports guy, isn't that weird? It so is funny. Weird. Apparently, there was some internal Labor polling where that he never got above, I don't know what it was, like thirty three percent or something, as like the preferred prime minister. And as you say, Lewis, like the next day, everyone being like, oh, "It was obvious, wasn't it?" <laughs> we, hated we hated him. Let alone them. Like, and it's like, yeah, guys, like, what were you doing? He's definitely on his way to becoming the first prime minister to ever get dacked. <laughs> <laughs> But, Beck, you have found a bloke who got the sentiment right and actually picked it. Yeah, I've been pretty enamoured by the polls. Um, I found this guy, Bella Stantich. Uh, he's out of Griffith University. And he was using his nerd powers to try and predict the result. And instead of looking at the polls, he's been using sentiment analysis on social media to try and predict the result. And, and he guessed it. A week out of the election, he guessed that Morrison was going to win. Um, it, it scares me a bit because, um, really, at this point, what we have to do is, is turn our democracy over to influencers, and that is terrifying. <laughs> I think this is probably the first election in history that's been steered by aunties sharing hoax memes on Facebook. <laughs> so what is sentiment analysis? What does he actually do? Well, he's looking at the engagement and comments and the, the sentiment behind all of the conversation on social media and trying to predict a result. And he predicted Brexit. He predicted Trump. He's kind of like the... Uh, the soccer octopus, but nerdier. Because it's sort of like the idea, right, that polls um, and all surveys have a degree of failure because people will lie, which yeah. means that, like, the Australian people knew they should vote for Labor. Like, when people ask them in public, like, hey, who are you going to vote for? They're like, Labor, yeah, good for the country. Um, definitely yeah, not racist. Yeah, yeah definitely not. not. <laughs> no, I'm not a huge fan of that. And then the moment they get in private, they're just oh, like, God, thank God, oh, thank God, God, I love negative gearing so much. I love Frankie credits. I eat them for dinner. They totally do. Well, people lie in surveys. Google is the most accurate social data we've ever had because mm. people don't lie to Google. So what should have Bill done? Should he have had more protein shakes and Instagrammed it? Gone for a shots. <laughs> he's got the, he just sort of turned around. Hiked up the bikini, got his butt out. I mean, what was Bill Shorten's TikTok strategy? That's what I want to know. <laughs> what was he doing? I think he should have probably got some more sentimental sort of stories out there, maybe go through each one of his family members. He started with the mum, you know, go through the kids as, as well. But this guy, he seems um, he's, he's interpreting social media posts. Is that right? 
yeah. So is he navigating the echo chamber? Like, how is he getting into other people's? Like, because usually you would just have people reflecting your own points of view, I but think he's, he's he's breaking into other people's echo chambers. But he even just does things that are super basic, right? Something if I'm wrong, back, but like just looking at like sheer numbers of engagement on like the Liberal Party Facebook page versus yeah, the Liberal, right. and it's yeah. just like if you have ten thousand people engaging with you, even if they're angry, more engagement just tends to equal more. Votes yeah. in his analysis. In the article, it says Mr. Morrison received uh, 112,000 likes and comments compared with Mr. Shorten's 71,000. That's mm. uh, that's damning. Oh, yeah. That's damning. And Morrison had people responding in the comments. He had his own little Dan from Optus going through responding to everybody. <laughs> oh, right. uh, who was yeah. the guy who, um, oh, I've already forgotten his name. There were so many dumb. Um, uh, Angus. Angus Taylor? Uh, Taylor, no, no, no. he replied, said, great job to his own. <laughs> 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 I forgot to log out. Yeah. I love it if Scott Morrison yeah, had 50,000 of them. <laughs> great job, Scott. Go Sharkies. Yeah. <laughs> it's funny, though, because like, that sentiment analysis at Triple J, we had to stop when people were doing the um, voting for the Hottest 100, we had to stop letting people post what they voted for because um, you do, like, 10 votes in the Hottest 100. Oh. And, like, three or four years ago, we were like, we made it really easy. You could, like, tag all of the artists and tag all the bands. Um, and someone just did that exact analysis and were like, this is who's going to win. And we looked at, like, their top 100 that they'd done and ours and we are like, Oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> exactly. <the same. laughs> so it is pretty accurate, unfortunately for us. It has to, to be pretty accurate. It. Although Sportsbet, um, they also tried that this week. Did you see that Sportsbet paid out early on Labor? Yeah, yeah. They Amazing. said seventy percent of the punters had backed Labor, so they just decided, oh well, they're going to win and paid out. It's the only. It's one of the few good news stories, isn't it? You're yeah. like, I mean, I know billionaires will be much better off, but at least gambling billionaires are like five million dollars worse off this yeah, time. Yeah. I like the idea that I used to post Twitter polls as a joke, but now it's actually serious business. <laughs> <laughs> Mate, you're Gallup now. Oh, I had no idea. This is fantastic. Irrational fear. Another thing that went around on social media was this great article titled. I'm young, I vote a liberal, and I'm not a bigot. What is this article all about, James Pender? Um, well, I clicked on this against my will uh, <laughs> yesterday. It was in, in The Age, I think, maybe in the SMH as well. Um, and it's a young female Victorian inner-city dweller who uh, gave her vote to liberal, um, and she just wanted to make the point that, you know, just because she voted liberal, she's not a bigot. Um <laughs> <laughs> and it's cool when you have to say it. It's a good yeah. sign. Yeah. And I think the overall impression was it was just too soon for me to read this. Um, she says in her article, uh, we who voted for the coalition did not vote out of fear, bigotry, naivety, anger. Rather, we voted with our hearts for a party that will do the right thing on social issues. And her justifications were Menzies' extension of the v- right to vote to Indigenous Australians. Um, and it's always Ooh, good geez. to choose a recent example. I find. Um, in the article, she says when she first voted, which is 2013. That's right. Which she means she's only like 24 or 25. I love that a 24 or 25-year-old Old is like harking back to something 57 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, she wasn't even alive. Yeah, she, let's face it. Like, is she a young liberal? Do Like, is she registered to the party? Do we know? Look, I think there's some conjecture about whether this person is real. It might just oh. be like a liberal apparachi sort of <laughs> member uh, who's gone under a female name. 
Yeah, she says at one point, this was the most stinging part, she apologises to Labor supporters, said, I'm sorry you were left blindsided and heartbroken. <laughs> In time you will heal and rally around your new leader. For me, this was like Stephen Bradbury turning around to the people who got second and third and saying, good job, guys, we'll get it next time. It's just, mate, like, you know, you were undeserved gold medal winner anyway, just let it go. So I, condescending. You were so hurt, James. Uh, I, yeah, I went into a dark place on Sunday. It was, it was not good. Does she know that, like, the person she voted for did not vote for same-sex marriage like who, who what wonderful world does she live in where this party is progressive on any social issues i it's, think she listed it didn't she she listed same-sex marriage as an achievement of yes. the party oh you're she kidding said, she say did. what you will about no, how did. we got it done but we got it done which is the malcolm turnbull sort of literally uh, the man who yeah. knifed the man who even at the most you could stretch say kind of got it done which he really tried everything he could oh, do to yeah, not yep. get it done the current leader didn't want it done exactly. she claimed it was the process she said you might not have liked the process, oh. but we got it done. Yeah, I mean, I what thought the whole article was like a bad riff on uh, on the what did the Romans ever do for, for us, that Monty Python <laughs> sketch. Like, you know, they're the big party on social issues, LNP, except for voting against Banking Royal Commission, except for being tra- dragged kicking and screaming to marriage equality, except for voting against Indigenous voice in Parliament. I mean, apart from all of these things, it's, they're the number one party. They're the number one issue. issue. <laughs> it's really AC Griffiths. She voted in 2013, mm. and really she's only had political experience of one party being in power as yeah. well. <laughs> also, exactly. I'm sorry, are we talking about a 24-year-old who goes by her first two initials? Yes. <laughs> like, is she a fantasy writer from the mid-50s? Well, she may well be, Lewis, because the photo she has is of her in a beret, and yeah. I just thought that was sort of like sucker for punishment. She doesn't exist. Yeah. No way does this person exist. Uh, I've, done a, I've done a reverse image search of the photo, and I couldn't find it anywhere online, okay. which means it could be a personal photo, but it's so complex because, you know, Photo of her is a little too hot to be a real person. Yeah. But then again, conservatives are notoriously hot. That's right. So I'm, yeah. uh, you know, I'm just like... They've got to have something. Yeah, they've got to have something. Well, yeah. I feel like, is it that Louis C.K. bit where he says, it's not that you're wrong, it's just got, you've got no self-awareness like, to realise how wrong you are. And that's how I feel about this article. So It doesn't really give much as to her real identity down the bottom of the article. It says, AC Griffiths is a Melbourne voter. I feel like that sentence should be extended to say... Made up by Liberal Party Relations HQ. For clickbait <laughs> yeah. on this website. Yeah, exactly. As if there are any Liberal voters in Melbourne. Like, <laughs> I, I'm from there, I've lived there, I've never met one. Yeah. I actually went to the Liberal launch uh, last week. Oh, I broke, did you? I broke oh, yeah. In and got on stage and everything. And there were no women there. So I don't think this person is real. You know, there was only, there was, only, there was like, over 65-year-old men in R.M. Williams and those blue shirts with the, like, fawn pants. Yep. And then young liberals. And they were all men. So I don't know who she is. They all dress the same, don't they? It's crazy. Yeah, it felt like I'd broken into a brown shirts um, rally, to be honest. <laughs> brown pants. Yeah, a, tan, yeah. a tan slacks rally. Yeah. <laughs> I covered the... 2015 CPAC conference in in Maryland, and I went to hang out with a whole bunch of conservative Republicans. Awesome, uh, which is really great. But I I, only, I didn't have a tie. I had a white shirt and a blue blazer and some fawn pants. And I paid twenty bucks to a kid to have his tie. His tie. Do you want to guess the colours on the tie? Red, white, and blue. Bingo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> twenty bucks. And then all of a sudden, I fit right in. It was fantastic. Yeah. It just just goes to show you just have to wear the uniform. Yeah. Everything's safe. Yeah. What's the uniform of the Labor Party? Oh, high-vis vest oh. and, <laughs> and being in opposition. I think that's irrational <laughs> fear. This is a rational fear. Things have also ended up a little bit dirty. On Monday night, I don't know if you've caught this, but Alan Jones was on Q&A. 
did you did you say I did say that. Did say that? Oh, so, I tapped out. I've had enough. He was talking. He was just gloating. He spent twenty five. <laughs> maybe 40 minutes gloating about how, how everybody got it wrong and how finally the country had come to its senses. On Tuesday, he went on air and uh, he, uh, he did this. I tell you what, Alan, I wouldn't be caught dead in an electric car because they don't go broom, broom. What good is a car that doesn't go broom, broom? You just can't trust it. You're right there, Mildred. Hang on the line, we'll send you a freshly slaughtered ham. 2GB873. Well, how about this, eh? What an election. This Sunday, Australia woke up to themselves. Yes, they've said, I've had enough of Labor. I've had enough of Bill Shorten. They had it too good for too long. <laughs> and Labor and Bill Shorten weren't even in government. <laughs> By the looks of their smarmy faces, you'd think they were. Now, let's not mince words here. The right people won because the right people won. And it's all right to be right. All right. Now, this was meant to be the climate election. Oh, can you believe that? Climate change. Oh, God. The only thing that Labor will be changing is their underwear after they polluted in their pants. Now, these climate terrorists are like keep cups that have been overfilled. They're about to explode. Oh, they're terrible. These are some have been lefties. You know they know full well that windmills, yes, windmills, were invented in Iran. Yes, Iran. Oh. So what if it was ancient Persia? A Middle Eastern windmill is a Middle Eastern windmill. You can't trust them. The blades will spin around and chop your head right off. Oh, it's happened. I've seen the footage. On Q&A on Monday night, I asked Alice Workman, who is a young woman, mind you, what percentage of carbon dioxide is in the atmosphere. And she, a political journalist and a woman, couldn't answer me this very simple question. The answer is 0.04%. Now, the fact that it was 0.03% when I was coaching the Wallabies in the 80s is beside the point. The point is that these numbers are about as big as Bill Shorten is feeling right now, very small. And Australia is responsible for 1% of 0.04%. What can be done about it? It's pointless. Now, you may say, oh, but Alan, Australia has 700 radio stations and you're only on one and you're a toxic force in Australian politics. You could just leave and everything would get better. And to that I say, thank you. I am powerful because of the Alan Jones signature multivitamin, Jonesyvite. With everything you need to stay alive when you're in the fight of your political life, that's the Alan Jones signature multivitamin, Jonesyvite. And let me tell you something, I, for one, am very thankful that the coalition won the election. After all, I declared I would retire if they didn't. But you know me, I'm not the retiring type. I'm 78. I don't plan on retiring anytime soon. Bob Hawke didn't retire until he was 89. <laughs> oh, God, I've got some time ahead of me. Speaking of climate change, up next, something that really gets my globals warming. Anthony Kalia, live in studio. Oh, what a voice. You're listening to the Alan Jones Breakfast Show. Right across Australia. Irrational Fear! Well, that's it for Irrational Fear. Uh, thank you very much for joining us, folks. Um, uh, may the next three years be as painful as this episode of Irrational Fear. <sighs> Godspeed, everybody. I'm, I'm going to go back into the gulag. <laughs> oh, man. This is so bleak. <laughs> well, I'm going to go and have a passiona. That sounds like oh, a nice little perky yeah, thing to have. Yeah. There it is. They That's can't cheery. take that away from you. They yeah. can't. If they you might. if you feel as down as the ending of this podcast, come along to our live shows in Brisbane and Adelaide and we'll try to make you feel better. Bring a passiona. Yeah. Bring a passiona. <laughs> I feel like in times of darkness... Turn to the passion fruit soda. My mum and I are on 7.30 tonight. Mm. And one of the things that mum said in the interview is that irrational fear opens her eyes and makes her feel better. And she's Aww. been a Liberal voter for so long. This year, her and her, her and dad voted Labor. 
Oh, you're wow. kidding. Amazing. Turning hearts and minds. Comedy is amazing, isn't yeah. it? It really is changing the world. That's why we do it, Beck. One yeah. little joke at a time. Yeah. If only everyone had a podcast. <laughs> oh, wait, they do. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.